Hey, everybody. Welcome to the You Were Born for this podcast with Father John Ricardo. That's me. I'm Father John. I am the executive director at Acts 29, where we talk about anything and everything having to do with transformation in the church. I'm here, as always, with my fellow disciple, servant of Jesus, sister in the Lord, Mary Gilfoyle. How are you, Mary? Hey, Father. I'm great. I'm a little cold. It's raining outside. Yeah, Noah's uh, building an ark again out here in Michigan, (laughs) but uh, such is life where we are. Welcome to fall. (laughs) Yeah, we're layering up, aren't we? Hello to our brothers and sisters in the south and the west where it's warm. (laughs) We miss you. (laughs) We have holy jealousy. (laughs) Invite us. We'd like to come. Yeah, Mary, we got a, uh, it's go week, right? That's actually, that's the, that's the topic today. It's go week because it. we are moving into the week where we're going to be filming the rescue project. But before we talk about all that bad is, and it is much, Father John, we're going to ask you to pray us in. Yeah, let's do that. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the extraordinary gift of your Son and all that he has done on our behalf for his rescue for his defeat of the powers of sin and death, for his giving us his own authority over the enemy, for his sending us out on mission to get your world back. Lord, we thank you for creating us to be alive at this moment, at this time. We thank you for the gift of faith, the gift of friendship, uh, the gift of community. Uh, We just ask your blessing and anointing upon our conversation that you would rain down your grace upon all those who are listening who most need today to be edified and inspired and sent out on mission. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name, name of the of Father, Father, and the Son, Son and, and the Spirit. Holy Spirit. Yeah, so it's Go Week in two senses, right? Not only this uh, little project that we got coming out this week, but it's also uh, just yesterday, this is Monday as we're recording this, um, was World Mission World Sunday. World Mission Sunday. So and this is World Mission Sunday week. Yeah, and you know, I, I was taken at Mass on Sunday, how appropriate it is that that World Mission Sunday fell on the week that God is inviting us deeper into his mission. It's yeah, so, so let's, appropriate. Let's talk maybe a little bit about what's coming up on Saturday. And so we've, we've mentioned this a few times, but we're... We're going to be doing a retreat. Some people I know are coming in from out of town. There's a number of folks here from the local area who are going to come. Uh, we're going to do it at a, a nearby local church, a good friend of ours who's the pastor there. Um, so it's called the Rescue Project, right? Yeah, it's the so Rescue. talk a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah, so the Rescue Project is basically um, we're going to be filming you preaching a number of talks, I think something like nine or 10. Man, oh man, may the anointing of God be on you for, Bring for on 10, the steroids. Ta- 10, ta- 10 talks in uh, nine or 10 talks in 12 hours. But um, we're going to be filming the preaching of the gospel and we're going to be um, packaging it in um, in a series along with like some companion resources that we're going to launch hopefully 2022, we haven't really landed on where that's going to be. It might be the fall, but it's it, it, it's designed to be an experience that can be used um, in parishes, in RCIA um, processes, in small groups, in homes, all of that with the purpose of allowing people an opportunity to hear what is most needed in our age, and that's a compelling proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And not only that, Father John, but to get clear on the mission of the church and what our role in the mission of the church is. So Saturday is the filming of that in the context of a retreat, and then immediately the next day we're moving into post-production mode, and it's something that we feel like God wants to make available to the church yeah, we're um, really excited about yeah. this. Maybe you can hear it in our voices. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, we, we I'm really, on steroids we now. We really think that this is like something the, like the beginning of a movement. Mm-hmm. You know, like the Lord's 
doing something, not certainly not because of us. We're not we're not all that in a bag of chips. Um, but God is, and God's doing something pretty remarkable right now. And so two different events, really. So there's there's the actual retreat. So we want to ask for people, please, this week to be praying for God's blessing, protection, anointing upon um, certainly all the people who are going to come. Right. That their ears will be open, that they'll hear the right. gospel. Um, maybe for the first time, maybe a new um, Pray for all the logistics around the event, you know, parking and people getting there in traffic. It just happens to be the date of the Michigan-Michigan State game. This is an amazing act of penance on my behalf <laughs> to not be watching this game. Um, but uh, go blue. So, um, yeah, so pray for all the protection on that, all the people who are coming in to do the filming, the music and the worship that's going to happen. The food. The, yeah, the food prep. All the, all the people who are, yeah. uh, we've had so many people step up and, Play just a huge role mm-hmm. in making this uh, this event, which is the Saturday, to be uh, such a good one. Please pray for God's anointing on me uh, and for people's patience as they have to put up with listening to me all day long and into the evening. Hardly, Father John. But then uh, also pray for this this next part, right? So just like Mary said, it's 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 a retreat for those who are coming on Saturday. But then what we're going to do with that is we're going to cut it up and edit it and then distribute it all for free. Right. It's all going to be available online, digital download, everything from sometime the... Sometime probably after Easter. Yeah. After Easter. Yeah. Sometime yeah. probably after yeah. Easter. And uh, it, we're just so excited about this. I think it's got tremendous potential to uh, help facilitate an encounter with the Lord, to really get our hands around what it is uh, that the gospel is, to give people an, a chance to uh, hopefully experience what Pope John Paul II said that when they hear the kerygma proclaimed, not because of me or because of anybody, actually, Mm -hmm. but because the gospel's power, uh, the response should be that they are overwhelmed and they make a decision to surrender. So clearly not not everybody's going to do that. I mean, people walked away from Jesus for crying out loud. But we do think the Lord's given us something uh, which, as you alluded to earlier, is bearing fruit in people. It's reaching into people's lives. Bishops, priests, lay leaders, seminarians, nuns, you know, oh not gosh. not sister nuns, but nun nuns, N O N E S, right? Amen. So, um, yeah, please pray for this. We're just, uh, we're, we're hyper excited about it. Yes. And we can't wait to tell much more about mm-hmm. it. And we'll put something up on our website soon. Um, it's going to be a fair amount of time in post production, but um, we will keep the information coming. But this mm-hmm. all ties in beautifully with this. This second part of Go Week, right? So Sunday, uh, this past weekend was World Mission Sunday. And like you said, I don't think that's a coincidence, do you? No, uh, there are no coincidences. Those are God incidences. And I was very taken by the, um, there were a couple readings in the Magnificat. Uh, One was by Pope Francis on mission she is sent. I just, I read that and I went, oh my gosh. Like it just so resonated with our hearts. He's listening to us. (laughs) I thought, dude, you are stealing our material. (laughs) Oh, you're hysterical. And then of course, uh, St. Escriva uh, just really, I mean, he's always rich, always good, but it just seems so poignant and powerful and right and spot on that we're stepping out this week, making very clear that the church has a mission and we're invited to be a part of it. And uh, there is no riper time uh, right now for the gospel. I forget who was who was it that says, you know, life apart from um, Jesus is a desolate wasteland. Mm-hmm. And I know when I've stepped back from being faithful to my college disciple, what I experienced inside is like, oh, that's desolation. I mean, I don't mean spiritual desolation, like, like, 
not to be yoked with Jesus, right? And we, we have some tough days out there that we're trying to yeah. navigate. And so we all need what the gospel can bring. And that's truth and beauty and goodness and purpose to our lives. And Yeah, and it's urgent right now. The world's a mess. The yep. world has no hope apart from Jesus because right. there is no answer to death apart from Jesus. And uh, I just had an opportunity this past weekend to be on um, retreat with the uh, the deacons and their wives in the Archdiocese of Detroit. Of Detroit. Well, Detroit. Um I live here. You'd think I know how to say that. Um, it's, just, it's just a blessed time. And we, we kind of soaked them in the gospel. We had a great time of fellowship. and uh, But particularly on Sunday morning, we spent some time talking about mission, like getting clarity on the mission. And we've talked about that on the podcast, I know, right. before. Um, but this is the part which I think is just so... It's one thing to have the encounter with Jesus and to be overwhelmed, but then it's another thing to go, oh, I'm supposed to do something. I'm supposed now. to what respond. supposed to do? Not just right. like pursue holiness, which is uber important, but there's something more like, how do I go back out there? And so we feel like the Lord's given us some, it's certainly not the definitive, but it's some language to help do that. And, you know, I, I was thinking in, uh, in preparation for the podcast, I, I came across a quote the other day from, from a priest who I really admire. He's a really good man. And, uh, he wrote something, he wrote an article recently that someone sent me and I'm sure he, he meant much more than what he said in the article because um, it's so easy to, I mean, anytime you write something, there's so much more you could say. Right. right. It's like a homily. Right. You could say so much more. But he said something that just kind of stuck improperly in me. And he said something to this effect that the mission of the, of the hierarchy of the church is to teach God's people the truths of the faith. Hmm. So, no, certainly there's some truth in that. Right. I mean, absolutely, right? But, but so I, I'd be curious to hear how you hear that as a, a laywoman. Yeah, so, so, so to be clear, I mean, that is part of what it is we expect our, our, our pastors to do. Uh, but there's so much more. Like, we need to know the mission. We need to be equipped. We need to be sent. There's so much more than just than just this conveyance of information, and more importantly, we have to have the encounter with Jesus Christ first to facilitate that encounter. Yeah, it's it's curious how we all hear different things differently. You know, I guess maybe because I'm, I'm I'm sensitive to so much of the work that we do with priests, and I and I hear so much feedback from uh, the lay faithful even more now that I'm not a pastor anymore. Um, but I I think one of the things as a priest you want to be careful of is, you know. Uh, if you're hearing confessions, certainly there's a lot of truth to the fact that I'm supposed to be teaching the faith. Absolutely. Don't want to diminish that in the least. But it, if, if it's not understood correctly or fleshed out, it can sound like I know everything. And we don't. You know nothing. Right. And I'm here to teach you. And uh, the humbling thing about being a priest of whatever age, certainly the moment you uh, begin priestly ministry, but it, it never stops, at least in my life it hasn't stopped, you're painfully aware that there there might be a, a large percentage, might be a like massively large percentage of people who 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 belong to the parish or who who even come to mass on Sunday who who really don't know the faith. I mean, we've talked about this uh, in other contexts that I'm I'm afraid most cradle Catholics anyway have something like a, an eighth grade. Uh, Catholic school education with regards to true. the faith, sure. because that's when they stopped learning the faith. Sure. Many of them. But there are a number of others who, first of all, are um, painfully holier than the priest, 
All you got to do is hear confessions to know that. And in many cases, um, more intelligent, theologically even. So, I mean, it used to be the case where, you know, like in, in days gone by, the priests were the most educated people in the parish. I mean, a long time ago, I'm talking about. But, I mean, I just left a, we just left a parish where we served where, I mean, it was unbelievably well-educated, far more than me, and I got a lot of degrees. And to walk in there and presume like, oh, I know everything here, and I don't think you guys know anything, is not a real helpful posture to take. So I think we want to, one of my encouragements to, to my brothers is just uh, have a sense of humility about um, first yourself. <laughs> um, most of us aren't Thomas Aquinas. And second, about the people who are in the pews, because some of them are, are actually smarter than us. I kept thinking, we do a lot of work in Denver. I was thinking, what's it like to be the pastor at Curtis Martin's parish? <laughs> you know, the founder of uh, Focus. Focus, right. You know, or Tim Gray's parish. Right. You know, the founder or of the Augustine, Augustine Institute. Institute. You know, right. or a whole host of other apostolates where- Tremendous you know, leaders. to Scott Hahn every week. Yeah. You know, you look out like, oh, it's Dr. Hahn. I think we'll skip the- We got to find out what mass he's going to, so I take the other mass, right? <laughs> or give it to the deacon that week. That's you know, right. like, yeah, so, um, but the other thing is, to your point, especially given Mission Sunday and Go Week, the mission of the pastor and the team that's around him, right- is not simply to teach the faith. It's to facilitate an encounter because without the encounter having happening, teaching data and information isn't going to do anything. Knowledge is not enough. You got to meet Jesus. That's so right. we've got to create opportunities where that can happen and not presume that everybody's had that encounter, right? I mean, we, we used to talk often about how most people in the Catholic Church have been sacramentalized, they've been baptized, they've been confirmed. They've received First Communion. They got married in the church. If you ask them, do you have a friendship with Jesus? They would look at you like, what, what are you talking about? Like, I'm Catholic, right. <laughs> you know, right. tragically, right? Um, so we have to facilitate that encounter. And then to what you just said, I am so, um, so much of the mind of late. I share this with my brothers oftentimes. It's not enough for us when we preach to inspire we, I mean, please God, we're inspiring, right? Or we're inspired by the Lord as we're preaching. Um, but it's not enough to inspire. Like we have to mobilize people. You know, Father John, I just just that word mobilize. You know, I was talking to some to some of our actually our um, table leaders um, for this event on the thirtieth. Right? Yeah, for this event on the thirtieth. And um, one of the things I said, I said, I'm, I'm not sure everybody knows what our full. What, our full, what the full name of the apostolate is, it's Acts 29, mobilizing for mission. Because that's, that's what we're all about. We're all called to mission. And in, in the, and in these days in which we live, that is part of the task to equip us, to mobilize us, to go and tell everyone that Jesus is Lord, that life is not hopeless, that there's a meaning to life, that, the, that this isn't all there is. And, uh, and that's just so present on our hearts um, here in X. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I'm just thinking right now, here's what comes to mind maybe as we, uh, as we send people out this week. It's how, we, uh, it's how we often end the retreats that we do. The parable of the Good Samaritan is one of those um, almost overly familiar stories in the gospel, I think, for many of us, right? We, we've heard it so often. Uh, I've, 
I've proclaimed it so often, I've preached on it so often, it's easy to just tune out and think, well, there's nothing new here. I don't know what, you know, I know what this is all about. Let's start thinking about what's going on the rest of the day. I'm not sure we really understand the parable of the Good Samaritan. But there's, there's one part of it in particular, which I think is very apropos for what we're talking about and for maybe all of us to consider asking the Lord for the grace of this week. So, so the parable, right, just to re- refresh us, is, uh, tells, Jesus tells the story of a, of a man who's on his way down to Jericho, um, and he's beaten by robbers, stripped, and left for dead in a ditch, which is a pretty common occurrence, actually. So people who are on the way to, from Jerusalem to Jericho uh, were routinely beaten by robbers, and so it's not like this was just some made-up story. This is quite possibly a, a real event that Jesus is alluding to. So what happens? The man has no clothes, and he can't talk. So it's un, or it's impossible to know who he is and where he's from, because clothes, especially back then, are identifying. Right? Exactly, and so is your accent and your mm-hmm. language. Mm-hmm. So the man is us. The man is the human race. He's every one of us. That's that's the situation. Of the human race. We're in a ditch. <laughs> And we're left half dead. No way out. Right, by the power of sin and death and Satan, right? Along comes the Good Samaritan. And, um, you know, we have our English translations, especially in, in the lectionary at Mass on Sunday, are just so dumbed down. But it gets translated that his heart is moved with compassion when he sees the man lying in the ditch. And Pope Benedict, in uh, I think it's in Jesus of Nazareth, when he's reflecting on that parable, he says... What happens when the Good Samaritan sees the man in the ditch is his heart is wrenched open. Mm. Well, the Good Samaritan uh, is Jesus. That's the real identity of the Good Samaritan. Because God, in his mercy, saw the situation of this race, which he made for friendship and for love and to be divinized, lying in a ditch by its own doing, right? By our unknowingly selling ourselves into slavery to the powers of sin and death. And God is so moved that he becomes flesh, becomes the outcast, like the Samaritan. Um, But it's prompted by his heart, if you will, being wrenched open. Why do I share that? Because in this World Mission Sunday week, if we can call it that, as you're talking about the need to go, Maybe the prayer is simply this for each of us this week. Lord, just wrench open my heart today and help me to see with your eyes those who are lying around me who are in quote-unquote ditches that you're asking me to pour oil and wine into so that they might become well or at least know that they're not abandoned and they're not forgotten and that they're loved. And then if we all keep doing that, then we'll be a more visible witness huh, in the world right. that we're living in right now. Father, you know, it's so beautiful. And I don't think it's just a one-time prayer for this week. I think it's a daily prayer. We often talk about, you know, the need to have the heart for the, a heart for the lost. But it's just not having a heart for the lost. It's having his heart. Right. Oh, it's it's beautiful. And that's what the mass, that's why the mass is so crucial, right? Because at the mass, when we gather around the altar, what happens? God gives us that which he most loves to give us, which is his son, 
so that we can feed on him so that our hearts can be transformed. His precious blood can come into my heart. I can get a transfusion and then I leave mass being sent with his heart to look for those who are in trouble as I once was and still can be. So amen to that. Just a minor task this week. Just, you know, just a little (laughs) something like have the heart of Jesus and get your heart wrenched open and go take care of people in ditches. So um, yeah, no, it should be fine, right? No, it's a it, it's a great call. It's a great call. It's the call that God has on our lives, and He will He will give us everything that we need to accomplish that. I believe by His grace, by Amen. His love, by His mercy. So we pray that you will hear our enthusiasm and excitement uh, through the uh, microphones and in your speakers. Uh, God is doing extraordinary things right now in the world and in the church, in the lives of people all around us. Don't read the headlines. They don't know what's really happening. Um, The author of history is weaving an amazing story, and you and I are playing starring roles in it despite our glaring imperfections. And because all of that is true, do not be afraid. God is with you, and you were born for this. 